Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and I'm. And I'm. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm really good. Um, I feel like it's a lot harder to communicate now. Now that we don't have, um, we don't have names. Right. Well, you did say my name, so. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. I thought you would question me, but then you jumped on the bit. I'm a yes and kind of person. Hello, I... everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with, and I'm. And I'm. Okay, now we're good. Okay. So we just can't say, we've erased our names. We're done. No more names. You know, in Spirited Away, when um, Chihiro's name gets erased, she has to, like, fight to get it back because she can't remember it. I mean, she can't. It's not that she, she can't, like, speak it. Well, you've seen the movie. I don't know yeah. why I'm explaining it to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're explaining it to the audience. Right, right. I'm excited to talk about Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. I feel like I should explain that because we talk about the games played at the end of the show and I don't want people to not understand the bit. I'm sure that, that you it. saying that just then, the man who erased his name was enough of an explainer for our audience. Yeah, it's pretty distinct. I mean, that's a pretty memorable name. Right. The man who erased his name. It's not there anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's really confusing because it was starring, you know, a man whose name you can't say. It was very confusing. Right. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a bunch of bad jokes about names. Right. Uh, we got a boatload of news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, I feel like typically it's I kind of organize it so it's like good, bad. or It's like all the good, all the bad. We'll usually start with the bad to get it out of the way. But this is kind of like an interesting uh, up, down, all around, left, right. It's just a random assortment, and it's yeah. a, it's going to be up and down. So put on your seatbelt; it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, there's quite a bit going on here. Um, we'll start with some of the worst news that we were hit with this week. Night in the Woods developer, their highly anticipated follow-up, Revenant Hill, that was announced pretty recently during a PlayStation uh, showcase. It's actually getting canceled. Um, so the Artist and writer Scott Benson, who is a central figure in the development, has gotten very sick over the past year, and they have decided that it is best for this game uh, to be canceled. It was a weight on their their lifestyle and making it difficult to deal with these health problems. So um, there's a lot of, you know, we don't know exactly how this is going to go for Mr. Benson, but I wish him nothing but good health. I'm disappointed that the game is not going to come to fruition, but, you know, this is the most, like, this is one of those, the a game cancellation where I am genuinely, like, good, please take care of yourself. Video games are important, but your health is so much more. Yeah, it's it's very sad, but I think, you know, when you see instances of devs taking care of themselves first, it's a a good signifier for the rest of the industry to yeah. follow suit people yeah. because as we know there's a lot of crunch there's a lot of um detrimental things to people's health that go on that goes on in this industry mm -hmm. um so while it's, it's not good news and i'm 
I also want to extend well wishes. Um, <clears throat> you know, it is important that that he takes this time. Yeah, it's like not good news, but it's for the best news. You know, right? And I yeah. hope that I hope that it he's able to deal with these health problems in a way that you know leads to a, a long and happy life in the end. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's been a um, long day. Kelly's Kelly's going through it. Kelly's going. Let's uh, let's all send our coffee energy to Kelly. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry, uh, y'all. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong your, with me. I had coffee this morning. I'm gonna dox you, and I'm gonna post your address online, and then uh, a link to to a Duncan DoorDash, and people are just gonna send a bunch of coffee to your door. Sure. And maybe some. Oh. Maybe some what? Sorry, I just got a pop up on my. Um, I recently restarted my computer because I, yeah. we were having some technical issues at the beginning of the show. That's and, a delicate way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, now I have to like assuage all these pop ups <laughs> cropping up. Um, something that I wasn't expecting to crop up. Well, that might not be true. Um, every year on November 7th, Mass Effect fans celebrate N7 Day because it's November 7th. Um, typically, this is like a fan-led thing where there's like panels or like Zoom calls with the voice actors and like fan art share sharing and, and, and like fan fiction. Uh, you know, it's just like a day to celebrate Mass Effect yeah. um, for the people who still hold the game very, very closely in their hearts. Um, I'm a big fan. I Mass Effect is probably my third favorite series. Um, uh, and this year there was a quick tease. It was sort of teased throughout the course of the day with like a full trailer being released in snippets until the very end of the day where the full teaser was released. And we saw very briefly, you know, a character in an N7 jacket. Um which is a designation in the both the trilogy and Andromeda. Um, and then a couple days later, we kind of heard that, according to sources close to the game, um, reliable sources, that the, it's it will still be quite a few years until the game comes out. This is not surprising to me, and I kind of said as much... Um, because Bioware, at this point, they don't have a ton to show, so they kind of just have to build hype around projects based on nostalgia. Um, it's And I was of a clear mind that, that the next Mass Effect was not happening until Dragon Age 4 came out, uh, which I, I believe will come out next year in 2024. I believe it will come out fall 2024. Mass Effect, I really don't know. I would venture to guess 2026 or 2027, which seem very far off. But realistically, if you think about it, um, the team is sort of split. Marketing at BioWare is split. And um, obviously, the studio is in disarray because of all those layoffs that happened a couple months ago. Um so, I mean, I'm not going to say that I was, like, super excited when I saw this teaser. It didn't really show us anything, like, revolutionary or new. I think the poster was a little bit more 
illuminating in terms of like what we may be dealing with in a new Mass Effect game because mm-hmm. there were in the little tiny picture there were pic- there were images of aliens from both the original trilogy and Andromeda so it does seem to be a sort of mixing of the worlds which to me is exciting because I think Andromeda had a lot of potential um and I still staunchly stand by that I believe it was a it was a good space game it was not a good mass effect game um mm-hmm. so anyway that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the story there. Not a whole lot going on, but it was significant enough that, you know, maybe down the line we'll see some more in like a year or two at the game shows or the game awards. Not this year, though. Yeah, I was... Mm, I think the fact that it's several years off made me feel a little bit like... I guess it's not that controversial to say what was the point of this. <laughs> like... I get the idea that it's like, oh, it's N7 day. We got to do something. But I'm also like, I think it's better to just post something saying, like, thank you fans for being dedicated to us. But, like, I guess also they did announce it already. So I think Mass Effect it. fans are very spoiled. And I say this as one, and oh, I say yeah. it, and I say it as, as a Dragon Age fan first. I think Mass Effect fans are very spoiled. You guys got a game <laughs> in 2017, okay? You guys got a teaser trailer for a new game in 2020, and you got another teaser in 2023. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just saying, like, being like, we want to see something on on seven day. It's like, okay, you guys, you've seen a lot already, and you know that Dragon Age is probably going to come out first. So I would temper your expectations into thinking that this is going to be a big Mass Effect game coming, like, next year. Is there any chance that you think... I don't want to say it, but is there any chance you think that Mass Effect comes first? No. Okay. You think there's no chance? I don't think so. I am of a mind that based on what we've seen leak-wise with Dragon Age, that they are mm-hmm. a lot, lot farther along in production than Mass Effect. I I don't even think Mass Effect, the team is done writing the game yet. Um, And I am almost... positive that the Dragon Age team is done writing the game because they laid off writers who pretty much said as much that their work on Dreadwolf is done. So I hope I very much hope you're correct. I mean, if it doesn't, then it's like, I don't even know what to say at this point. I mean, there, there are games with very, very long periods in between them coming out. If you think about it, Baldur's Gate 2 came out in like 2003 Baldur's Gate 3 came out in 2023, but they're also two different stories. I was going to say, they also have the luxury of like, yes, huge budget, but also technically independent, whereas EA is obviously incomparable in like their scope. You know, it's gigantic. Yeah. I think there's some interesting news that I actually saw right before we started recording. um, About? uh, Dragon Age 4. Oh, um, what did I? It's not on the list. Do share. Well, it's basically just that it's there was some devs on LinkedIn who pretty much claimed that it was coming out in 2024, and then they took that information out. So I will say, and this is bad because I shouldn't put this out into the ether, but I'm concerned if it isn't at the game awards. 
Yeah, I think if that it, would if be. If the Game Awards comes and goes, which it sucks because I think that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's a shoe in for the Game Awards. I'm simply saying if it's not at the Game Awards, I am concerned yeah. for it. I think that would be kind of crazy. My yeah. thought is sometimes Bioware like tells us, like last year they were like, "There's we're not going to be at the Game Awards, just so you know. And I can't remember when they told us, but... I think it's pretty close. They've been very quiet, so we'll see what happens. They've been very, very quiet about Dragon Age. Whereas last year they were like, oh, we'll send you updates later in the year. And then they did, and then it was pretty pretty Vulture. non-substantial. But they've been very quiet this year, so... It's the combination of me hoping that they're waiting till like the game is ready to be shown before they actually show it. But then also they're showing this trailer for Mass Effect, so I'm like, well, clearly that's not actually much of a priority for them yeah i think they know that the fans are kind of over it in terms of like okay we've seen two teasers that say absolutely nothing beyond what we already know yeah so i think that they know that the next thing we would like to see would be more substantial i hope it is for everybody's sake especially yours hey thanks um to shift a little bit remedy Studio behind newly released Alan Wake 2, as well as Control and other games of a similar stature. We knew for a while they've been working on a live service multiplayer game, a free-to-play one. I've always thought that sounded like a silly bad idea for Remedy, who's a very, very single-player story-driven developer. Well, good news. They have decided, and they said in an investor post, that they are shifting away from free-to-play and instead are making a premium product, meaning, you know, 70 bucks, well, 60, 70 bucks. Um, and it'll be a cooperative multiplayer component with a strong cooperative multiplayer component. This reads to me like they are making a game you can play alone. That is not confirmed, but it's weird to me. The, just the phrasing. A premium game with a strong cooperative multiplayer component reads to me like a game that could just be, you know, a story-based game that you're able to play with friends. And it's baked into the to the very core of the game. Like, think of something like Resident Evil 5. It's like, that game is a story-based linear game that you are perfectly capable of playing with friends. Or like Baldur's Gate 3, right? Yes. So that's how I'm hoping this is. I'm hoping I'm reading it right. Do you disagree? Agree? No. I mean, I agree. I mean, I also hope that you are right. It The wording is very odd to me. Um, it's very investory. Yeah. I don't necessarily know. I mean, free to play would really be totally multiplayer. Um, whereas premium game with a strong cooperative multiplayer component doesn't really tell me anything um, in terms of like will there be a story will it be like a story that's sort of baked in the level design I don't really know so we'll see it it makes me excited that it's not free to play because I honestly we're at a phase where like free to play in my brain is a bad thing you know because it means it will have monetization that I think can hinder a game you know, mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. I, I would, think that's a I would, common opinion, but I would say that a free to play remedy game that, that you, sounds that terrible. utilize some sort of battle pass or something like that would all would be bad. Yes, that yeah, does not sound good to me. 
It ain't happening. Maybe Alan Wake's too. Alan Wake 2's great success is driving that decision. Who knows? Because that just happened. So yeah, will be interesting to see what turns mm-hmm. up here. Um, on the flip, well, maybe not the flip side so much, but uh, Warner Brothers has basically said uh, uh, that they want to turn their big, big franchises into. Uh, multiplayer games or live service i'm sorry live service games um cool. i don't really know what this means this means bad <laughs> i mean suicide squad is the start uh to me yeah well uh, warner brothers what else do they own batman uh besides uh, the dc stuff uh, they did multiverses, which really leans. Oh into yeah, that's that. like Scooby Doo and stuff. And yeah, LeBron and, James. Yeah, and I don't know if they'll. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do. Uh, what's it called? Another Shadow of. What is that franchise called? Shadow of Mordor, because it's Shadow of Mordor than Shadow of War. Is it? I don't know. Shadow of. Maybe. Um, I, I mean it sucks, but I mean Mortal Kombat is kind. That's not live service though. It just is a game that has DLC, right? Well, isn't it live service? Because it's there's multi. I mean, you're playing online. I'm, yeah, but I feel I'm checking right now if it has microtransactions because I, in my brain, sure live service means like a consistent stream of small updates. Well, you can buy like fatalities and stuff. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's a. I would say that's a live service game. Then yeah. My thinking is is that there's been a lot of, um, people see the money where the money goes, and the money is going with collaborations and crossovers think about how much money Fortnite has made just by incorporating like spider-man and stranger things and uh uh all these different anime characters like attack on titan and dragon ball z i would just hope that the release of hogwarts earlier this year would have shown them that non-live service games can be successful I'm not saying like how I feel about the game. I'm just saying that's a single player game that released and it was immensely successful. So but I it would, doesn't I have would... long. I think the thing that with the, with Hogwarts legs. is didn't have longevity. People don't talk about that game anymore. They no. Wait, they talk about, about games port? that they can still pay for. You're not talking about your Switch port that you're totally gonna buy. Yeah, I'm totally gonna buy that on Switch because I bought it anyway. Actually, it was played in this household. Reed bought it. Preon? Used. Just, yeah. And he played it. And I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Dragon Age fan, but if you looked at a gameplay comparison, the UI between <laughs> Dragon Age <laughs> Inquisition funny. and Hogwarts Legacy is astoundingly R- similar. Really? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, it's very odd. I mean, I'm sure when that, when Hogwarts Legacy began development, it probably was in like 2015 or 2016 when that, when Dragon Age Inquisition was sort of still fresh, but. That's still, that's kind of hilarious. I never, I didn't know that. Yeah. But anyway, Um, this doesn't particularly shock me because like I said, I feel like crossover is really where the money is right now, especially in video games. Yeah. Think about like Fortnite and like games like Multiverses, which isn't really popular anymore but um it's not you can't play it anymore right because it exited early access and then went away instead of going out to release which is weird right but like even super smash brothers who's sort of the like progenitor of this 
trend. Yeah. Uh, obviously still very popular. And like Dead by Daylight. Chucky's coming to Dead by Daylight now. So it's kind of like there's all sorts of crossovers. And I yeah. and that's I think that's really where the money is. And the and Warner Brothers is probably trying to capitalize on that because there's a lot of money in Batman. I think what confuses me about that and what you're saying, not that you're confusing, is that Warner Brothers owns the things that cross over into everything. You know? Mm-hmm. Like if you're playing the Suicide Squad game, you're not going to be like featuring Goku. The Suicide Squad will appear in Fortnite, but you can't take all of the crazy crossover stuff and put it in something like Suicide Squad. And the one exception to that is, of course, multiverses, since that is a crossover game. But I don't know. I think that this is a a bad move. I think the live service, uh, there's like a not live service fall off right now that's starting to happen. And I'm hoping it hits a lot of foolish publishers hard and that hopefully they let their developers kind of pivot, kind of like what Remedy's doing. Um, that gives me hope, I guess. But um, another thing that's giving me hope to close out this live service discussion is that Sony has confirmed that half of its upcoming live service games, there are 12 of them, have been delayed. So we've known about these for a while now, but now they are coming out by March 2026. So that's that's bad. <laughs> um, it's bad? What's well, bad that it, for them, that they pushed everything. Well, I'm sorry, did not push everything. They pushed half of them by at least a year. Yeah. 2026 will be gearing up for PlayStation 6. Yeah. Which is, I don't want to think about that. But that's just like, I hope that this, combined with the Jim Ryan stuff, combined with the immense success of Spider-Man 2, I just hope that PlayStation's priorities are starting to maybe realign somewhere more productive and more positive for video games in general. Yeah, I feel like we will probably see the trend in, I mean, Sony was really all in on the live service a couple months ago, even. And now it feels like they're very much like, uh, never mind. Probably because they saw the reaction to that awful state of play they did back in like July or whatever that was. Yeah. But. And it sounds like Bungie is falling apart at the seams. I know. That Last of Us multiplayer game is crumbling under its own weight, I feel like that game was destined to fail regardless of... It just feels like... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And The Last of Us, the original Last of Us had multiplayer anyway. So it was kind of like they were just expanding on that, but... Now it's too big for its own britches. Yeah, and it's just... There are certain multiplayer games that I feel like you can tell when they're going to last a long time. And... The le- I just, I don't know. It was just, uh, it didn't sp- have the sauce, I don't think. I'll speak on personal experience. As somebody who once became too big, big for his own britches, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and I'm sure that's how Naughty Dog feels. Yeah. And I can watch my calories, but Naughty Dog is simply uh, going to have millions of dollars lost is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in like an uncharted multiplayer game would make more sense to me. But even that I, it's like 
really I just know. feel like make multiplayer modes for your games again if that's what you want to do. Right. But they're Dude, not Unchar- really making I mean maybe they are. But if you think about their output like a couple years ago, they had like what? They had Uncharted 4 in 2016. Yeah. And then they had The Last of Us two well i guess it was four years in between those games yeah but and it's only been three years since the last of us part two but no there was uncharted lost legacy that was in like 2017 wasn't it yeah that was august of 17 i feel like their output was was maybe a little bit faster but now that i'm saying that 17 20 that's three years it's 2023 it's been three years so yeah and i mean i don't know it's also the fact that uncharted 4 had multiplayer yeah. Like, I don't understand where. I don't know. I'm not going to question it. I just think it's I think Sony is is getting what's coming to them to an extent. You know, it's sort of just like a, a consequence of their actions. And it just sucks because it, they have all this money invested. And we know because of what we've been seeing, especially this year, is that their response is probably going to be shut studios down, lay people off. Reshuffle assets instead of just letting those studios pivot keep all the people be like all right you're making single player games now maybe like lower budget single single player games that can satisfy a different market yeah <clears throat> i don't know but um but i do know what i do know is that uh call of duty modern warfare 3 had a development time of any guesses? Oh, wait, you already know. Uh, 16 months, which is just a little over a year. Um, reviews for this game, quote unquote, are very bad. Um, and it turns out that it was originally just supposed to be DLC for the Modern Warfare 2 that came out last year. Yeah. So not great all around Activision. Who even makes these games anymore? I think this one was Sledgehammer. Let me confirm. Um, yeah, I mean it, it sits at a solid fifty-eight aggregate score. That's really great. really bad. This one was Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward, and okay. Ravensoft and Toys for Bob and High Moon Studios and Demonware and Beanox and and uh, Treyarch. So everybody. Ooh. Well, here's um, it was everybody here, actually. Well, here's the sad thing is that the people who made this game were uh-huh. working day and night over the weekend, staying at the office, missing important life events for Modern Warfare 3 and a 55 aggregate review score on OpenCritic. It's very sad. It makes me angry. And it makes you realize how stupid these release schedules are especially when like i don't know a year ago they were basically like we're not gonna do yearly releases for modern warfare or for call of duty anymore and now they're doing like less than yearly releases this was half the time that it took to make modern warfare 2 this was done in half the amount of time of that yeah it's just not fair to the people working on these games especially because they were I mean, these are all technically reports, so take it with a grain of salt, but, like, these people were all told they were working on DLC. And then late, after they had already started, they actually were told, you know what, pivot. It's a full game. 
And then, you know, a natural response would be, oh, cool. How much more time do we have? And Activision's response was, no. Yeah, that's insane. Get to it, is what they said, (laughs) which is just unreasonable. And, you know, it makes sense that it is the worst reviewed Call of Duty game. Do you want to talk about something good after all that? Yeah, let's 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 talk about something that will make me happy. Okay. Well, I do have. There is one other bad news, but but oh. I have good news first. What's your? And then good you news? get the bad news. Oh, great. <laughs> What's your good uh, news then? Super Mario Bros. Wonder is the fastest selling Mario game ever in the history of mankind. Can I say something? In the spreadsheet, you wrote fattest selling Mario game. Is <laughs> that intentional? No. Oh. Um, it sold 4.3 million fat stacks of games. It sold 4.3 million copies in two weeks, uh, making it the fastest selling Mario game of all time at the moment. Well, for now, you know, who knows what will happen next. I'm sure the but, next one will sell even faster, honestly, yeah. especially if it's like a new Mario Party. You think Mario Party is going to outsell Super Mario Bros. Wonder? Sure. That takes. You know how many normies play Mario Party? I feel like that take is hotter than like the sun. I don't think. I I don't think it's that hot of a take. A lot of people play Mario Party. A lot of people play Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, that I could see. But I don't think we're getting a new Mario Kart game for some time. So. I think it might be next year on Let's the new Let's pump console. the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. Get it? it might, yeah, but I think it might be on the next console. That's my Yeah, but who knows? I mean take. Like next year. Yeah. Like I think sure. it might launch in September on the new console. Right. September. Or or October. Or, or October. November even. Or November. Right. I feel like you're coming at my takes now. No, not at all. I just feel like the face the audience can't see your face of disdain for me. I feel like it's interesting that you have put forth that this September release for a new Nintendo console. That's all. I'm not saying it's correct. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not judging you for that take. And I'm not trying to argue about it. I just think it's an interesting time and date for you to put that forth. I just think late next year and September makes sense in my brain. And I've also heard that thrown around and it made sense. Uh. Another bit of this story, though, Pikmin 4 is the best-selling Pikmin game ever, surpassing the sales of 1, 2, and 3 all mushed together. It sold 2.6 million, which might not sound like a whole lot, but that is literally more than 1, 2, and 3 combined. Um, This series is growing. It is still not uh, Mario levels, obviously, but the sheer fact that this game sold more than the entire other games combined gives me a lot of excitement i'm very hopeful for the future and i do hope that this means that pikmin will get even more time in the spotlight pikmin well i'm happy for the little pikmins i'm happy for the little dog who's not a dog but an alien ochi ochi yes such a good name Yes, um, but as Andrew mentioned earlier, he had good news, and now I get to give you bad news because he <laughs> likes sorry. when I am upset. Um, oh. I'm just joking. Wouldn't you still be upset if I said it? 
Yeah, but I have to say, but I, it's like, you know, I'm upset because I have to be the one to deliver the news. Yeah. Sorry. That's I mean, I'm right. not that sorry. I don't have much sympathy for you, so. Thanks. <laughs> um. So we all know that Embracer uh, studio, Embracer Group, uh, they bought Volition out and then they closed Volition down, right? Yep. Well, they're doing the exact same thing to the uh, developers of the game Time Splitters, uh, Free Radical Design. So they this is according to Embracer's restructuring program, which is seems to us now to just be sort of a gentle way of saying that we're shutting a bunch of studios down. So I just am confused because it was an it was two years ago that the studio was brought back to life, like because the studio had gone away, um, you know, just one of those things that kind of passed on with with time. But now it's just, it's gone again. And I'm confused what Embracer's goal was. And I'm confused why Embracer keeps doing this. Also, I... the end of this article has like a list of all of the companies impacted by layoffs at the end of it from this year. And I'm just like, this year is just absurd for video game companies. Yeah. I think that this is a very tumultuous industry. Um,. I mean, I don't think it. I know it. It's a very tumultuous industry, and I think maybe this is sort of goes hand in hand with this restructuring of like live service versus single player versus you know, multi premium premium games with with strong multiplayer components. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's just in a shaky spot right now because the consumers kind of want different things and. I think some of these studios just can't. I think video games have just become very, very expensive to make. And I think a lot of these studios just can't afford it anymore. And they get yeah. bought out by these big groups and these big groups say, okay, you're not producing, so you got to go. And it's also frustrating because it's like unrealistic expectations. And like Time Splitters is a great B-tier game. Why can't we make more B-tier games that cost less than $100 million to make? You yeah. Know? Make games that are double A games, less extremely expensive but still high quality. Don't need to be incredibly photorealistic. They could just be games, you know. Yeah. Well, let's stop talking about video games. Okay. For a, for a minute, let's just let's just stop talking about video games and instead talk about the Legend of Zelda. Yes, not a video game. No, it's not a video game, Kelly. What is it then? It's The Legend of Zelda. Wow. The movie. What? Legend of Zelda is getting a live action movie headed by Nintendo Pictures, as well as, ironically, Sony Pictures, led by Avi Arad, who worked on, who's worked on lots of Sony movies, such as uh, Kelly's favorite, Venom. And Morbius and Spider Man. He's just essentially a visual effects uh, guru in a sense. He works on a ton of these movies. Um, so I don't think that the movie, like Venom and Morbius, are bad movies, but we're talking about visual effects specifically. So it might not be a bad thing that he's in charge. And it's being directed by Wes Ball, 
who made the Maze Runner movies, which I have not seen. Have you seen them? No. Though I was so, a big Dylan O'Brien fan back in the day, so it's actually quite shocking that I haven't seen them. Well, that's that means that we're the biggest authority since neither of us have seen. <laughs> I don't think seen... that they were like, not that they were not well received, but I don't think that they were very well reviewed. They were better than I think they were better than a lot of young adult adaptation book adaptations at the time. But I've not seen them. I'm not going to say anything. I, I don't know a friend think of the that show. they were better than the Hunger Games, but. Well, friend of the show, Cameron, says they're better than they have a right to be. I hope he doesn't mind me quoting him. So, Well, he loves being wrong, so. Yeah, he's kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Been... Say, apologize right now. Uh, so because he's you... going to send you a frowny, he's gonna send you a frowny face, and then you're going to feel real bad about it. And it's also being worked on by, of course, Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, he's working hand in hand, as he says, with Avi Arad. I don't think we'll see this movie anytime soon, but it is it's on the way. It's live action. It's happening. Tell me your thoughts, Kelly. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways that this can go wrong. I think that it being live action doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Um I don't really I don't I don't really feel good about it being live action. I think that's the big hinge for me. I think if it was animated in any way, even if it was like computer like the Mario like 3D like the Mario movie, I, it would bother me but not as much as it's bothering me that it's going to be live action. I think I just, that Link is I don't know. It's just it's it's odd to me throughout the entire life the 30 whatever 20 plus years that the Zelda series has existed they have always been very insistent that Link is supposed to be a self insert that the player is supposed to be able to sympathize and feel like Link and that's why Link doesn't really talk that's why Link can be named whatever except for in uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom but I don't know I guess I just feel like when you introduce an actor with a face who speaks outside of the movie, it just is kind of like, I don't really, that's that's not going to feel like Link to me. That's going to feel like some guy in a Link costume, like pretending. I mean, yeah, obviously Holland. that would that's what acting is anyway, but I think that if they are going to pick a man for Link, I think he should be incredibly androgynous and um, not at all Tom Holland. So... Tom Holland is Sony's boy. He would not be. He would. He'd be too old for Link anyway. I think. I'm not disagreeing. I simply have worries. Yeah. I think the thing for me that's confusing is like, you talked about like animate it in any way. They have so many options. Like Zelda, the Zelda games have had so many different art styles. Yeah. I would love a movie in the style of ocarina of time or wind waker or skyward sword or breath of the wild and i feel like they're kind of being shoehorned into not shoehorned pigeonholed into only being able to work with like twilight princess like that's kind of the only option visually mm -hmm. unless they want to you know i mean they could do whatever they want it's a live action movie they're probably going to make i imagine it'll probably be a little bit more cartoony 
because you know they want kids to go because like it can't it has to be rated pg right I, I just think this was a bad decision i think they the two options are one make something like beautifully uh like serene kind of like everybody likes to say studio ghibli which i don't think ever made sense but i liked the idea um i can't imagine studio ghibli doing a licensed property especially an, a video game licensed property um but something like that that's just this beautiful serene thing that doesn't require a lot of words or do something like kind of like breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom where it's like wondrous in a different way i don't i guess i don't have a lot to say i'm just worried <laughs> live action is throwing me for a loop yeah and like it's one of those things where like everybody's like oh like they're analyzing the director and the producer and stuff and i'm like i don't think any of that matters i feel like until like it comes out we won't really know what we're dealing with especially because like miyamoto is involved which could be a good or a bad thing we really don't know because i think that miyamoto was heavily involved in the illumination mario movie and i still didn't like it so his involvement's not even a guarantee of anything <sighs> yeah i guess we'll see I, I guess this Link... is one of those things that we talk about and then in a couple years we'll go and we'll see the movie together and be pleasantly surprised or unsurprised at the quality of it. <laughs> I do hope that if... I hope whoever plays Link is like some no-name, random little blonde boy who looks just like Link. You know? Or girl. I, hope... I think Link could be played by a girl very successfully. I think that that is extremely correct. Like, you are 100% on base. I just don't think they'll do that. I would not put money on that. Yeah. Especially because, like, if they're turning into a franchise. Oh, they... please don't even speak that. Well, yeah. No, I just feel like if I they have sequels already in, in mind, they might want to hire a very young man who then kind of turns into, like, a gruffer, older Link that's, like, more akin to Twilight Princess. I think, he'll st I think he'll start off gruffer, older. I think if we look at the, the material... Yeah. I think that it makes more sense for him to be maybe a little bit older and a little bit rougher, like a la Twilight Princess. Now, I know what you're saying about Twilight Princess. It is a very dark game, but it's also very, there's a lot of silliness in that game. So, I yeah, feel like, Zelda is, it has that kind of baked in, the weirdness. So, I feel like if there's not silliness in this movie, then it's going to be dumb and lame and, well. Oh, I thought you said if there's not silliness in your smoothie. Oh, I was like, there's always some silliness in my smoothie. I'll tell you that much. Kelly. I've been like drinking those silly smoothies when I'm playing uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 in 2024. You know what I'm saying? 2024? Bold. Yeah, come on. 2024. If we're seeing this it's game possible. in December, if yeah. we're seeing it at the Game Awards, which I think we are, uh, I think we'll see it in 2024. Especially because we did see that alpha gameplay of it like a billion years ago. Last year, I think. Yeah, it's like a year ago, I think. So surely we're in a spot right now where the game might be coming out next year. Uh, because Rockstar confirmed in an interesting uh, way a post on Twitter.com or X, if you're nasty. It's, it's Twitter. <laughs> I will never, ever. Um, 
Rockstar confirmed that they would be showing off Grand Theft Auto 6. Uh, we are in this t- uh, tweet that I will read to you. We are very excited to let you know that in early December, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you. I feel like that's a weird tweet. It's also a little bit weird because it's like, it's in a reply to another Rockstar tweet about their 25th anniversary, which is kind of crazy that Rockstar has been around for 25 years, especially when you talk about all these game studios that just like get bought out and then shut down and then... Through it all, Rockstar survives uh, despite allegations of terrible working conditions for a time there. I don't know if it's still like that, but it definitely was when they were working on GTA V and um, like L.A. Noir and stuff. Yeah. And Red Dead, of course. It's reportedly a lot better now. That's Yeah. I believe it. I mean, I'm sure that uh, p- the PR was bad enough that they probably s- uh, cleaned up cleaned up a little bit. Um, so yeah, early December to me reads very much as the Game Awards, which are taking place on the sixth of December. So, I mm, yes. yes, part of me does wonder though if it won't be at the Game Awards, and because realistically, Rockstar could drop this on their own, and it would be Definitely. just it would get just as much buzz as all of the Game Awards. Definitely. So while I I want it at the Game Awards because I think that makes a lot of sense, I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped it just on their own on like December 5th or something. And also, I think if it's at the Game Awards, it's like almost guaranteed to be the show closer, which is a would be a tiny, tiny bit disappointing because I prefer like big announcements be things we don't know about. Yeah. Is that reasonable? Yeah. I think um, that we'll see in we, like two I, weeks. I was going to say we we will. That one's a guarantee now. <laughs> we will also find out, since we're talking about the Game Awards, what the game of the year will be. As we've talked about, Game Awards are coming up December 7th, Thursday night. We will be watching them, that's for sure. Um, Today, at time of recording, November 13th, we got the Game of the Year nominees. They are as follows Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I just realized as reading those that these are all sequels. You're right. Not that that means a lot, but Is like Is Super Mario Wonder really a sequel? I guess it's not a sequel to anything specific, but like, it's kind of a. I mean, it's a new Mario. It's like a new two D Mario, so I almost. It's a innovation, but also kind of a sequel. Okay. But well, close. That's the closest on this list to not being one. Right. Um. This is an interesting list. I feel like for me, there were the two shoe wins being Baldur's Gate and Zelda. Yes. Because like. Not to be, like, too reductive, but, like, it's between those two. <laughs> Every yes. year it feels like it comes down to two, and this year it is Baldur's Gate 3 or Zelda. Yes. The other four were were up in the air, and the biggest surprise for me, I think, is Resident Evil 4. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked did... to see Alan Wake 2, because it just came out, and also it's like, okay, sure. I feel like they were like, we need another one. What reviewed well this year? I mean, I think 
not to be conspiratorial, but <laughs> Jeff and Remedy are really good friends. Yeah, he likes the he likes that one developer, the one yeah. guy. And he showed all he's he revealed Alan Wake too, and he's shown a lot of the gameplay at his shows. So I think it makes sense to me. Um, I don't see. Like, I don't think there's any sneaks though. I think these games are all can justifiably be put on this game of the year list. But I do agree with you. I believe it is between Baldur's Gate and Tears of the Kingdom. I wish and I have were... my opinions on what I think should win, and I'm sure they won't shock anyone in the audience, but we'll talk about that in our Game of the Year episode. Yeah, I mean, I know your answer, but I haven't decided yet, so mine will be more interesting. Well, I, I haven't think... played Baldur's Gate 3, so it's I am not a fair... I know. I think I it's. To play it? I think it's tough because... Sorry, go ahead. I'm just sighing because I'm trying to decide if I play Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> I think you really should. And I think I you maybe if you played it, you would understand why people are a little bit more, um, uh, why people are a little bit more like, yeah, we want Baldur's Gate 3 to win. It just does a lot. And it's been doing a lot. And it feels like it was, it was um, a, a real true labor of love. And I'm not saying that against Tears of the Kingdom. I'm sure it was also a labor of love to me. With peace and love, I really enjoyed Tears of the Kingdom. Didn't finish it, but I really enjoyed it. It wasn't different enough for me to justify its existence. Its existence, or it's it getting Game of the Year if it does. I, I its existence. I think they could have wow. made a. New, I think they could have made a new Zelda game with a new story, in a new style. And it would have been, to me, more worth my time. That's, I knew that it didn't 100% click with you, but this is kind of, this is kind of blowing my mind, Kelly. I liked Tears of the Kingdom, and I had a lot of fun in the first, like, 10 hours where I could, like, where I was discovering all the things that I could do and all the engineering experiments that I could be a part of, but it's just not different enough for me which is interesting because I didn't really feel that way with like I don't know I guess when you think about the other Zelda sequels there's like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time <clears throat> which in my opinion Majora's Mask is very different from Ocarina of Time because uh, obviously you're there's a whole time mechanic that did exist in Ocarina of Time but in a different manner Yeah, and like Wind Waker and uh, Phantom Hourglass. I mean, do you even really consider that? Because Phantom Hourglass was yeah. on the, the Game yes. Boy, so it was I feel like of, oh, was Spirit it DS? Tracks? I feel like Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass are more. more but even siblings. those, it's like when people think about Zelda, they're not thinking about Spirit Tracks and no. Phantom Hourglass. They're thinking of Ocarina of Time. They're thinking of Breath of the Wild. They're thinking probably maybe of Twilight Princess those big console games that people remember playing when they were little. So I don't know. I understand. And I'm not trying to dog on tears of the kingdom. Cause like I said, I had a good time and I, and I, and I did play it and it's not like I'm like, Oh, I hated that game. I wish I hadn't played it. I just wish that with the resources and the time that Nintendo had with it, they could have done something different altogether. Yeah. With the time that I've had with it. 
that's sort of where my final opinion lies. Well, with the time we have left, since we're kind of pushing it, I'm going to speed round right quick through the categories. And I'm going to read them very quickly. So Kelly, only stop me if you are like, what the heck? Or you can give me like a one or two word reaction to every category. Okay. Best game direction is the same exact as game of the year, minus (laughs) Resident Evil 4. Yeah, that that was interesting. I think all the other categories have five, so they had to get rid of one. So I guess that's their way of saying Resident Evil 4 will not win. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of mean. Because <laughs> it's the, it's six of six. Right. Uh, best narrative is Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel Spider-Man 2. I feel like week before we should do a predictions thing, right? Yeah, I think that okay. would be fun. Okay, we'll make sure to do that. Best art direction, Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Mario Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom. Is something missing? Is no, there a snub? No, I just, I I don't want to say too much because we're going to do our predictions. So I'm just yeah. trying to collect this my thoughts. largely for the audience, but still. Uh, and also, if you, have, if you feel like there's any snubs, now's a good time. Best score and music, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I believe Phantom Liberty should have been in this. I believe Octopath 2 is getting hardcore snubbed on that. I love Tears of the Kingdom. Octopath 2 is like another level, though. That that made me... That's the one thing where I'm like, okay, that's just messed up. And yeah. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 or Alan Wake 2, so I cannot vouch. But I can't believe Alan Wake 2 has been... It's it's the baby. It's so the darling much. of this it, one. It really is. That's kind of crazy, Jeff. Audio design: Alan Wake Two, Dead Space, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man Two, and Resident Evil Four. Performance: Ben Starr, Clive from Final Fantasy Sixteen, Cameron Monaghan, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba from Phantom Liberty, Melanie Libbard. I don't know if I'm saying that right. From Alan Wake Two, Neil Newbin from Baldur's Gate Three, and Yuri Lowenthal. I don't know why we got six on this one. I think I don't know why we got six on this one. I genuinely don't. But we did. I think um, there's, it's interesting that there's uh, five one guys. woman, but that's okay. Yeah, but there's also some burgers and fries because there's five guys. That's true. That, that was true. on purpose, Kelly. Uh, right, uh, accessibility, right. Diablo 4, Forza, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter. Games for Impact, Space for the Unbound, Chance of Senar, Goodbye Volcano High, got one nomination. Woo! My dino furry game. Something Chia. for the furries, you know. <laughs> Something for the furries. Chia, Terra Nil, and Venba. Makes me feel like I'm talking to my cat, Ven. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I have things to say about one of these. Best Ongoing, Apex, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite Genshin. Those are two things. And Cyberpunk. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think that that is reasonable. It shouldn't be an ongoing. It was released as a single-player game. It was broken. They spent years fixing it. That's very good. I'm glad they've improved it. That is not what ongoing means. Yeah. That's just my hot take. Yeah. I, yeah. <clears throat> I just don't agree with that. I think DLC is not the same as ongoing. I agree. And also, the DLC is getting nominated for separate categories. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that is, I, yeah, I don't really get that. In this category, I'm less mad about it. Best community support sponsored by Discord. Baldur's Gate (laughs) (laughs) 3. Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, 
Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, and No Man's Sky. Do you not think it should be there either? No. I okay. mean, I, th I, I I think they did a great job this year of sprucing that game up, but I but think when the game, game, yeah, and I think when the game is done, like it's done right now, I think it needs to be done. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I think, but I also think that Final Fantasy fourteen wins this stuff all the time, so it's kind of like maybe somebody kind of else should get, it too. should get a shot at it. Well, it's I feel like until it passes on, it's probably going to get this award, unless yeah. something goes bad. Best Indie. Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. I find that category really interesting. I think that one will be genuinely. I wish. It's also of... pixelated in this category. It's very pixelated. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I mean, only two of the five are, are pixel games, but you did your best. Oh. <laughs> best debut indie game, Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm just, I'm excited for Pizza Tower to be here. That's I'm all. excited for Pizza Tower. There's a direct, or not a direct, there's a indie showcase from Nintendo tomorrow, which, you know, we'll talk about it next week if there's anything big. But I really hope we get Pizza Tower <laughs> Me on too. Switch, because I want to play that game. Uh, best mobile game, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, which I've heard is actually really good. Can you play that, I, I absolutely will. Okay, because I want to know about that game. I want you to tell me about it next week. <laughs> Honkai Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil. I feel like I should play Monster Hunter Now because it's like Pokemon Go-esque. No, no Genshin this year? No. I'm going to skip best. Well, Honkai is on there, so I feel like it's kind of unfair. Why? Because it's the same person. Oh. Uh, I skipped VR. Oops. Flop. Action game. Armored Core 6, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Remnant 2, and Dead Island 2. Dead Island 2 pulling in at the last second with that <laughs> nomination. Very odd to me. But we move on if the Game Awards website allows me to go on. Why do you, you want me to do it? Best Action Adventure. Oh, you We've have it got too. Alan Wake 2, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Star, Star Wars Jedi Star Survivor. Wise. I had one job and I... Uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Very interesting category that I believe should not exist at the Game Awards. What video game are you playing that is not an action or adventure game in some manner? I would like to play it. Yeah. Also, I am confused if they're going to use that category, why a certain game from the next category is not there. Yes. Uh, best RPG. We've got Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16. Lies of P. Sorry, I forgot how to read Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> did you not remember which Final Fantasy came out this year? I, I, did, I forgot. It was so long ago. <laughs> um, sea of Stars and Starfield. Uh, I don't think Final Fantasy 16 or Lies of P should be in this category. I don't. I would say Final Fantasy 16 is not an RPG. No, and Lies of P more so, but still should be an action adventure if they're going to have that category. <sighs> and also Octopath 2. Huge yeah. snub huge snub here yeah but uh, alas alas uh best fighting we've got god of rock uh, uh mortal Kombat one nickelodeon all-star brawl two pocket bravery and street fighter six so it's mortal Kombat and street fighter is what you're saying i think yes and street fighter <laughs> uh best family game we've got best uh disney <laughs> i'm doing a really bad job <laughs> We've got Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, 
Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Why do all of them have uh, cover art, but the Party Animals one is just a crocodile with a with bling on? Because he's really important to the to the game. Okay. Yeah. Also, it just says best family, and I like to imagine <laughs> that it's like the Johnsons, the Smiths. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um best simulation strategy we've got advanced wars one plus two reboot camp now that it's finally out uh city skylines two company of heroes three uh pikmin four and fire emblem engage which i forgot came out this year because it came out the very start of january yeah uh best sports racing we've got ea sports uh football club fc 24 uh f1 23 which is driving Forza, Forza Motorsport, which is also driving. And I'm going to really blow your mind here. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, two turbocharged, also driving. And the Crew Motorfest, also driving. You might be shocked that, that good sports video games are usually just driving games. I was also surprised that you read that category. I really thought you might skip it because uh, we don't play those ones. Yes, somebody's uh, husband plays sports games, but they're never nominated. Uh, best multiplayer, we've got Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. Uh, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Odd oh, this category. is also sponsored by Discord. <laughs> that's, that's an odd little, that's an odd one. Very strange. Very, like if you showed me strange. those five games and said, what category is this? I would not know what to say. Yeah, uh, me neither. Uh, this is an interesting category. It's best adaptation. So these are movies and TV shows that have adapted video games into is this that new? form. Uh, no, because Arcane won. I was going to say, yeah, there, it was last year. I think last year was the first year. I think it's just bigger this year because <clears throat> of a certain, because three of these, well, I guess, realistically, Last of Us. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so the nominees this year are Castlevania Nocturne, Gran Woo! Turismo. Wasn't there also another title of this movie? Wasn't it like Gran Turismo racing game or something based on a true story? Wasn't that like the full name of the movie? Yeah, but I I would be surprised (laughs) if Jeff included that. (laughs) Um, The Last of Us, uh, the HBO series, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and uh, one sneak here, the Twisted Metal Peacock original series. Um, So Last of Us. Yeah, I think we know who's (laughs) taken it, unfortunately, just uh, uh, on the basis of its quality um another category we've got most anticipated game i think this is a very interesting category and i would uh disagree with some of these uh i'm confused by the selection it seems very wholly random. random to me uh we've got final fantasy 7 rebirth hades 2 uh like a dragon infinite wealth star wars outlaws and tekken 8 now i'm excited for star wars outlaws but that's because i think that droid is really Oh, the hot droid. We don't have to talk about it, but... This this feels paid for by me. Like, Star Wars Outlaws <laughs> and Tekken 8 don't make sense to me here. I don't understand. Yeah, I guess because it's a new Star Wars series. It's not like a sequel to the Jedi games, and it's not... Uh, it'll probably be a big Any deal, sort yeah. of Old Republic game. I think it'll be good. Um, I'm really holding out hope for the droid. I also... Hades 2 feels like... Jeff being like, I announced that. Remember? Yeah. I So I will say, I think Hades 2 is very anticipated. Oh, oh it's probably one of my most anticipated. But I but think also... 
well it's we'll also do not our predictions out next year it's going early access next year yeah so we'll do our but, predictions um i'm gonna like skip should... the content creator of the year because uh we don't i was gonna say we should probably skip all the other ones because i don't we're not gonna predict the esports players of the year and stuff right i think it's interesting that um overwatch 2 really got nothing I think it's really, really interesting that you and I were not on the content creator of the year. I know. We're very good friends with Jeff, so it's actually quite shocking. Wait, who are I'm... you going to vote for for a best esports coach? <sighs> See, it's so, Kelly... weird. They have, like, esports. I mean, they have, like, Overwatch teams and coaches, but they uh, like they have really shut the game out. I guess maybe they just don't consider it a new game. Anyway, that's pretty much it for the uh, Game of the Year awards. The Game Awards. Yeah, the Game Awards. Not Adding the Game of the Year there. Awards. The Game of Awards. The Game of Awards. Thank you, you Jeff. Okay there, Kelly? Uh, I feel like I should probably hurry along into my review because uh, we got kind of a long one going today. Got a lot of news, y'all. Sorry. Can't I have it. some reviews to do real quick. One of which is not new. I got the physical release of Pikmin 1 plus 2. So I played, for the first time in my life, played through all of Pikmin 1 and a chunk of 2. Pikmin 1 is kind of terrible. Ooh. But also kind of amazing. It has aged not well in a lot of ways. Uh, I was like, oh, time to walk across a bridge with my 100, 100 red Pikmin, you know, as one does. Um, and then 30 of them stepped off the bridge and killed themselves in the water <sighs> happens to the best of us uh the final boss jumped in the air and landed and killed 73 of my 100 pikmin oh in, my one God. in one sit of his butt that's a massacre it was a genocide truly oh uh God. i i sprouted about 1200 pikmin in my playthrough and i lost about 800 that really makes me sad. I'm not going to lie to you right now. I killed a lot of Pikmin, Kelly. Way more than I did, like, a truly disproportionate gargantuan sum. Way more than Pikmin 3 and 4 combined by a long shot. Uh, it's just, it, it's very chunky. It very much feels like an experiment learning this formula. But it's also so full of heart and so interesting and honestly just fun to play that I do highly recommend playing this game. It feels terrible for about 20 minutes while you learn how to move. Um, also, there's no way to manually select uh, Pikmin type. So you have to like separate all your Pikmin and then summon just one color. It's a little bit iffy, but it's also shockingly fun. It only took me about five hours to finish the entire thing, and that's 100%. I did everything. But I really, really liked it. And then I jumped into Pikmin 2. I've not finished it, but... I'm surprised how much it polishes out. You have the ability to manually select Pikmin. The controls are generally better. I have had far fewer Pikmin uh, end their lives on their own. Um, I feel like it's just a generally more polished game with a lot more uh, concise design decision. It's also a lot longer. I've probably played about three or four hours so far, and I am not near the end. Um, I imagine this game will probably take me closer to like 10, and that's okay. I'm excited having a great time and it's fun to revisit these classics that i never played before i started with three obviously i loved pikmin four as any listener would know um 
I'm just really enjoying these classics, and it's a great game to revisit. But I also played something pertinent. I played Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Oh, the bit is back. Here's that bit. Remember it? Yeah, I do remember. Uh, I was going to, like, pretend to say your name and then have a pause, but then that it was just a complete sentence. <laughs> so it didn't work. I do remember it. Yeah, it only works when I can see you and I see you, like, pretend to talk, but there's no word. Um, this game is a um, uh, pre uh, sequel, uh, midquel. It takes place between Yakuza 6 and Yakuza Like a Dragon. It is no longer, um, it is no longer a uh, Yakuza game. It is just Like a Dragon now. This is the second game with that new moniker. Um, you play as Kiryu, but you don't. You don't play as Kiryu because he erased his name. Oh. Mild spoilers for Yakuza 6 and onward. Um, Kiryu is quote-unquote dead. Um, he's thought to be dead. And a corporation is like, yo, yo, bro, change your name and pretend to be dead. And we'll help you out. We'll be cool. Let's be chill. So he does. He becomes <coughs> Joryu, which is so different than Kiryu. Yeah. Who could ever <laughs> mistake him? I'm a little confused. And also, like, they call him Kiryu a bunch in Like a Dragon, in Yakuza Like a Dragon, Yakuza 7, if you will. So I don't know. How, he's not good at erasing his name. And the, people call him Kiryu a lot in this game. <laughs> and he, every time he just goes, I don't know. Who, I don't know who that is. You, you got the wrong guy. And I'm like, bro, the only disguise here is sunglasses. Like, get a haircut. <laughs> Please. And he does in the Infinite Wealth, the newest game coming out. But why didn't he do that before? Um, either way, it's an interesting little game. It's uh, under retail, so it's not 70 It's $50. Um, it's also on Game Pass. That's how I played it, which is awesome. I'm so happy about that. Not paying for games is really, really cool. Um, but it's a journey. It's a kind of a clash between some Yakuza families and the corporation that uh, Kiryu Joryu is working for in this game. Um, there's a lot of interpersonal drama, some really interesting Yakuza uh, clan leaders in this one. Um, they tend to be like kind of one-off characters in a lot of ways, but I think they might be tying them into like a greater story. My favorite Yakuza games are the ones that don't rely too heavily on knowledge of the series. Um, this one relies a lot on knowing what happened in 6 which is Kiryu's last central game and kind of, and I mean, realistically and knowing what happened in like a dragon, the seventh game. Um, so I would not start with this game. It would be a very bad time. It would not make any sense. The contained story is very good, but it has like some required knowledge. Um, thankfully it doesn't require you to remember a lot of people's names. Cause that's my weak spot. Cause there's about 350 Yakuza characters and I don't know most of their names because, uh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. But the gameplay is back to action instead of turn-based. Um, Infinite Wealth, the newest Yakuza game coming out next year, will be turn-based again. But this, um, I feel like I'm getting some of these pronouns wrong because I keep saying Yakuza instead of like a dragon. Like I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm dead naming a video game right you now. You kind of are, and I'm kind of <laughs> judging you super hard for it. Well, it's confusing also because I'm talking about Yakuza 6 and Yakuza like a dragon. Right. 
but this is Like a Dragon Gaiden. Anyway, I had a great time with this game. The side content's a little boring, but you don't have to do a lot of it, just a bit. Um, and it's very, like, most of it's very speedy. Um, if you do get into it, there's some references to other games. I know I encountered a character from the Judgment series, um, which just takes place in the same universe. Um, the story goes places. I'm not going to get specific. It's not spoilery. I would be shocked if uh, any of our listeners are planning to play Like a Dragon Gaiden. But the ending lets Kiryu feel emotions, um, which he doesn't do. That's kind of his thing is he's stoic. But um, there's a very, very emotional, bittersweet scene at the end. And Kiryu cries, like, a, a lot. And it's, like, high fidelity. So there's, like, boogies coming out of his nose oh. and stuff. Like, he looks like a man who is crying. Dang. And I I sobbed. Like, the story leading up to that was pretty good. But the ending literally made me sob. And it kind of played into a storyline that has been going since Yakuza 3. Um, you know, I only got into the series in, in 2020, but I played through all of them. And I've been very invested for years now. So seeing that story kind of come to fruition, because it's been, you know, it's been many, many years in game. It's been like 15 years of this storyline for the characters. So seeing it come to fruition in an interesting way with some really... Like, I was not prepared for satisfying payoff on storylines that I assumed were just dead. So coming back to those storylines and seeing such a satisfying play out, it really just hit me. And then Kiryu reacts in the same way I did. Like, I started to feel a little emotional. And then they, like, and then you just, like, hear Kiryu crying a little bit. And I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> this is going to hit me. Um, It's like when you see, like, somebody you know that doesn't cry much. You see them cry. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to cry now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how it felt. Because, like, I played a dozen Yakuza games almost. And he doesn't, Kiryu doesn't show emotion very often. So seeing him feel was really impressive. It was really well done. And it tied into Infinite Wealth a little bit. Um, it came with a demo for Infinite Wealth, the newest Yakuza game. I did, Sorry, the newest Like a Dragon game. <laughs> I didn't play the demo because that game is coming out in 10 weeks. <laughs> the fact that they released two like they released this game and it is short it well it took me 10 hours it's short for like uh like a dragon game but there's another one coming out in 10 weeks like a full one a giant one i just don't understand how they're able to do that, that like a premium game with a multi with a strong multiplayer component you know what it is a premium game and there are multiple characters so it's like <gasps> kind of but not at all oh I also will be paying $0 for that one, too, because it's also on Game Pass. Game Pass! I Game lost... Smash! Were you about to say something else? No. Well, something else that rhymes with pass? No. Okay. I wasn't okay. going to say anything else. You should probably say it right now, though, because the audience is curious what you might say. <clears throat> that sounded gross. Like, that sounded really... I know you can't hear yourself in your headphones, but that sounded terrible. <laughs> Well, I had to obscure it so we didn't get hit with that fat E. You know what I'm saying? I I decide if we have the E. Whoa. All right. I didn't know this was a dictatorship. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean like me over you. I, I decide mean... <laughs> what we say, Kelly. No, 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 no. I, there's a little checkbox on the publish window that decides if it's, it has an E. And I think if we, if you swore right now, 
if you swore right now and somebody reported us and it didn't have the E, then we'd get in trouble. Poop. I just checked the E box. <laughs> Safety first. Also, that, that word that rhymes with pass is not an E check. Ass! Thanks, everybody. I'm done talking about Like a Dragon. <laughs> like a Dragon Gaiden was great. If you have Game Pass, play the other ones. Don't start with this one. They have all the Yakuza games on there. So if you want to dive headfirst into a great series, um, the only game that I have not really loved was Like a Dragon Ishin, which the whole thing is like, it's, it takes place in like the distant Japanese past, which means there's no Yakuza. And that's kind of why I like it. So, but alas, that's it. That's like, I was talking, I was talking with someone and I was talking with a friend of the show, Cameron. I don't know why I'm being cagey about who it was. <laughs> 2023 is kind of, is kind of over. It's like, Jover. It's, oh no. Stop. It's so Jover. But like, we have Mario RPG coming out in a few days, which is cool, but that's a remake and kind of not hugely mainstream. And then we have the Avatar game, which probably will sell a lot of copies, but that's kind of it. This that's year's it. coming to close. That's it. And we read those Game Awards nominees, and like it kind of hit me. I'm like, oh my god, it's happening. Yeah, it's been a crazy year for ga for video games. I think it's been a really great year for the actual games. I think it's been a bad year for studios. Yeah, I feel like in that pre-Game Awards episode, we should probably do like a small year recap. Year because we've review? never done that. Yeah, we've never done. Well, let's we'll we'll play it by year. No promises, but that might be something we could bake. We'll in play it by year. Dab. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode <laughs> of Talking Games with, and we are so excited for you to listen to our episode next week too. I hope you have an awesome Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, but not your weekend. Just kidding. I hope you have an awesome weekend too. Thanks for listening, everybody. 